You are listening to the Body Charge Podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome today to the Body Charge Podcast, and I'd like to welcome our guest, Melanie Yates. The topic is Bring on the Change. Kiss your fear and inertia goodbye. Melanie Yates is a life coach who has mastered the neutralizing of pain from emotions that keep us stuck or that hinder us from moving forward into change. When we know how to deal with the fear of emotional pain, the inertia and procrastination disappear and the way forward opens up. For over a decade, Melanie has coached hundreds of people, helping them turn their lives from misery to happiness through one-on-one coaching, seminars and videos. So, Melanie, why do we have self-limiting thoughts in the first place? What causes these fears that we sometimes don't even know that are there, but it's kind of a stumbling block and we don't know where it comes from? Is this to do with the concept of who we are? Um, how, do, how do we address issues where we feel like we're being held back? We know what we need to do, but but there's something there blocking the way how would you how would you help someone that way well first I want to say there's nothing wrong with you we are all created with this same fight flight freeze mentality and it's actually a survival mechanism so we're born with it so there's nothing wrong with you I want you to everybody to know that fear is a natural state to protect us. And I believe that all feelings are signals. The feeling is a signal. It's trying to tell us something about who we are. The feeling needs something. So when we get that, um, that thought that says you're not good enough, don't try that, you'll fail, stay right where you are. That's your subconscious protecting you because the subconscious actually wants to keep us the same because that's its job. It thinks that if you stay the same, you'll be safe, but that means no growth. And I think all of us can see that if we stay the same and we don't grow, that's not progression. And, and really that's to die because if we don't keep moving and growing, life comes at us and it will tear us down. And so the first step is awareness of just recognizing there's nothing wrong with me. I'm having a feeling. What is that feeling trying to tell me? What does that feeling need? Because so often we're not even aware that there's a a limiting belief, a false belief that's just trying to keep us the same. That's just trying to keep us safe. And from that, we have a feeling. And then that feeling creates a, a behavior. And then the behavior creates a result. So if you currently don't like the results you're having in your life, it all I suspect that it all stems from this thought that we may or may not even be aware of, but realize that thought is just trying to protect us. It's a survival instinct. It's the way we were created. It's the way our mind 
processes information to keep us alive. So it's like an autopilot. We have an autopilot switch, uh, which is a safety switch. I think it's to do with the limbic system, isn't it? It's a very primitive part of the brain, a fight or flight, uh, self-preservation. Um, and so that's all right when you're in the jungle. And I guess some cities are a bit like a jungle, aren't they? <laughs> so, so it can be very useful. But, but then there are, are not useful uh, reasons to be afraid. They're irrational or we've had perhaps some kind of experience as a child and that happens a lot with people that are unresolved. And so when we have a certain set of circumstances that reminds us of that thing that happened a long time ago, uh, we freeze like the rabbit in the headlights and we move into a state of inertia and our rational mind cannot figure out why it's happening. So how do you dig down deeper and, and find out what that thing is and, and resolve it so that people can become consciously aware of that background program and then, you know, make it disappear, make it dissolve it, like unravel it. I think um, from my research and studies, um, when when something rises to the surface and becomes uh, um, in the light of day, when people understand it and realize, oh, that thing, that's nothing. They then uh, regain their confidence and that stumbling block disappears. Do you find that? Absolutely. So what you're describing is a trigger, right? Because, and I think that a lot of times our feelings are triggers from things that have happened in our past that that pile up, that stack up. So let's say, you know, you brought up our childhood traumatic experience, the word PTSD, post-traumatic stress, right? That That's been thrown around a lot because people get so triggered by something that they freeze, you know, or they can't think, um, it keeps them stuck. They have panic attacks, they need medication, they can't function. So what I hear you asking about is these triggers. Um, so for me, like, to me, a very common thing is not believing that I'm good enough or not believing that, um, okay, victim mentality, okay? So when I think of- <laughs> And when something, and, and any of us, I mean, I feel like I've been studying this and I'm pretty, pretty healthy, have healthy relationships. And all it takes, all it takes is for something to not go my way. And I can start feeling sorry for myself and play the victim or the martyr. I'll give you an example. Um, physical pain. So I've, the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with um, a sports injury, and you would not believe where my mind goes as far as self-pity, right? So what, what I realize is it's a trigger. So I, I, I have this small injury to my knee, but as soon as I get the signal, physical pain, it is a trigger, and it takes me all the way back to surgeries, different surgeries that I've had in my life. And it's like, it so my mind gets triggered. You're going to need surgery. And it goes back to 
all these times that I've had physical pain that res that the end result was surgery and my mind just goes there. It gets triggered. So if someone hurts our feelings, guess what? There is definitely a trigger there and a, a I like to call it like a mountain or a pile of all the experiences in our life that our feelings have been hurt. And all it takes is one person to hurt our feelings and it's no longer that isolated moment. It it goes to the pile of all the times somebody hurt my feelings. And so here I have this small sports injury, but it feels so much bigger. Like I started crying and I, I mean, it, it's just so interesting how my feelings can get the best of me because of a trigger, because of this projection from all the times in the past where it turned out a way I wasn't expecting or I didn't like it. And, and it's so easy to do that. So the first thing is always awareness. Okay, because if I can isolate in that moment, you, you strained your knee, it, it's, it's what's going on right now. How bad is the pain right now? If I'm bawling and crying and I ask myself from a one to 10, how bad the pain is? And I'm like, I don't know, a three out of 10, why am I crying? It's because <laughs> I'm thinking I have to go to surgery, right? I've, I've, I, I no longer am thinking about this moment. I've, I've gone back to the past. The old memory bubbles you, to the surface. Exactly. And so I make it bigger than the it really needs to be. Yeah. I had, I had the same thing happen with my dentist. I have a nice dentist now, but I didn't used to in the past. So whenever, whenever I go there for a checkup or whatever, my, my heart's fluttering. I feel like my throat is tightening up and I'm feeling, you know, lightheaded and all the adrenaline's pumping. And I'm thinking, this is a nice dentist. He's good to me. <laughs> My rational mind is is trying to calm things down and balance things out. So then I, I what I learned to do is meditate and I separate myself. I, I, I'm into the now, but I separate myself from what's happening from the procedure. And I think myself to the other side. That's my trick. That that uh, I use my imagination to think it's finished. It's on. I'm on the other side, and it's all good now. And and that emotion doesn't follow me to that place in the future. Do you have any any hacks and tricks like that? Absolutely. So, um, in my book, Happy, Joyous, and Free: Love Your Life No Matter What, there's lots of tricks. So meditation, of course, that that's a wonderful one, and. Once we have the awareness of which one of these work, um, I once the brain has been triggered, it's not thinking from the right and left hemispheres of our 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 brain. It it's gone to the brain stem, and so it's in that survival mechanism. So we what we want to do is get our physical body back into the moment by bringing the focus to the front of our brain. So breathing, nice, deep and slow breaths, meditation, taking a walk, uh, integrates our brain and gets us focused. Um, 
One of my favorite tools is to question the thought. So when I'm asking myself questions, I'm getting to the bottom of what's really going on. You know, um, what is my, when, if I'm feeling anxious about something, can I ask what, where's the thought coming from? What's the thought that came before the emotion that caused, that brought on this anxiety? What is the anxiety telling me? What does it need? So I like asking questions because it opens the mind. It also, when you ask questions, it helps your brain come to the front part of your brain instead of the back part of your brain, which is just, you know, fight, flight, freeze, live. You know, it's it's very it's primitive, very viable. basic. Very yeah. primitive. So you, it so sounds like you separate yourself. You you take your rational, let's say a higher self outside and observe yourself and that's what meditation teaches you as well to to observe the body to observe your breathing and the air going in and out of the nostrils and what does it feel like and what does this sensation feel like and that sensation and you're in the now and not thinking of anything else except what your body's doing and so that calms everything down the heart the cardiovascular system the nervous system everything becomes stable as a result and you can also then see things more clearly i find um my my um creativity is enhanced by it i just see the world and everything in it much more clearly as a result because it's not getting this interference coming in from the side from the background so some people can get so triggered and their brain, it even meditation, breathing, taking a walk, that it might help a little bit, but they still might be stuck and they might not even be able to get to the next phase of being able to ask questions and write about it. Writing is another really powerful way to um, calm your brain. So something I specialize in is EFT, emotion freedom technique, also known as tapping. And so how do you do that? It's amazing how tapping uses the meridians, which is, you know, Chinese medicine. It's just like acupuncture, but no needles. So you're using the, the, the energy flow or the chi, so to speak, of, of our body to shift energy. So sometimes that all that's all it takes is to just shift the the energy flow in our bodies because a lot of times when we get triggered the energy is stopped it's stagnated and that's why acupuncture will 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 use the meridians and the the needles to create a flow of energy in your body like a circuit yeah so if you have pain in your shoulder they put needles around the meridian to get the flow going in that area and it's been proven even western medicine will recognize that acupuncture is good for physical pain well this goes back you know centuries of they used acupuncture for not just physical but emotional oh, i didn't know that yes emotional and so pain as well emotional pain as well and so 
shifting the flow and, and opening the, the energy flow helps us heal, right? Because when something stopped, you know, it, it, it doesn't allow for healing. Like I always think of like stagnant water compared to flowing water, you know, stagnant water, it starts getting gross and icky and, you know, dead bugs are in it and stuff like that. But the flowing water is what we want. So that's the kind of energy we want in, in for ourselves, for our body. And so it uses that, that representation of a meridian, which is the, the flow of energy in our body. And we just, we tap. So it's a, it's a light tapping, um, on these different meridian points. Um, there's a lot on top of the head. I don't know, um, if you've ever had a, uh, flexology, like foot massage where they, they just, it's like all these little points, they, they press on your foot, um, and they'll press on your head. And it's, it's interesting. If you just take your fingers and kind of press on your scalp, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of tender right there. Like it's a, it's surprising how, stuck you know, energy, stuck energy. Well, it makes sense because we're electrical beings. And so we have circuits and we have junctions where the nerves and the electrical energy pass through. There's the, the muscle fascia. They're like the cables in the body, the electrical cables. So I, I know this from um, uh, uh, that my studies into magnesium because um, my business is electromagnesium. And and the nervous system is um, suffers hugely when we have magnesium deficiency because it affects metabolism and then the mitochondria aren't making enough ATP electrical units for us to for the flow and things get stuck and frozen and we under stress also happen to lose a lot of magnesium so it definitely affects the electrical system and the nervous system a lot and so um I have a lot of wholesale clients who are acupuncturists who do a lot of body work or perhaps massage, um, chiropractors, physios. They absolutely love how magnesium helps them when they're manipulating the muscles and moving the circulation uh, and the magnesium goes through those areas. Uh, they, they experience a loosening or a relaxation and that, absolutely right working on certain points often also releases the um the stuck emotion and and i've had reports from them saying look some people could just start to cry in the middle of a session out of the blue like a grown man and we don't know what it is but they're just having something going on which is being released with this uh, acupressure massage absolutely and it lower they've done studies that it lowers cortisol which is the stress hormone and it also can just help people better identify understand and regulate their emotions because sometimes we're so triggered we can't even articulate or communicate what's going on and so we might notice physical sensations like a panic attack anxiety you know this is why more and more people have to use uh, pharmaceuticals to go to sleep, right? To be in social situations. And unfortunately, 
the pandemic, COVID did not help these these issues. I think they were already kind of building momentum of a, a lot of people complain of not being able to go to sleep and stay asleep or fall asleep and get the sleep that we need. Yeah, and adrenaline's we always pumping. Yeah, people are like, can't switch from the um, sympathetic back to the parasympathetic. So that's where you rest and digest. They're always running. They're always over revved. And that's why they can't sleep. And then it's worse because if you can't sleep, you're not um, recovering. You're not resting. You, your brain's not detoxing. And so you wake up feeling like crap. And uh, and it makes people grumpy and extra tired. And they're, you know, they just don't feel themselves. And it just goes from bad to worse um, in a downward spiral. So you, so we need to turn around. I think we need to spin many plates. Um, mind, body, spirit are really not separate. They're one being, but just different sides of that being. And we can't ignore one to the exclusion, you know, address one to the exclusion of the others. So when we're talking about emotion, um, how do we expect, you mentioned something about not recognizing a particular emotion. Uh, so there's a disconnect with the feeling of it and with how the brain decodes what that is all about. What's the reason for that emotion? Uh, am I, is where is the emotion coming from? Am I blaming someone else? And it's not really their fault, but I, but I need to find the culprit. I need to find someone to point my finger at to account for why I'm feeling this way, but people don't really understand how to pinpoint the reason. And if they can't pinpoint the reason for an emotion, they can't solve the problem. And so it becomes a merry-go-round. Do you find that? Absolutely. And there's a whole chapter in my book about how to put on paper um, who's to blame, you know, really putting it down to the, the who and why and then uncovering what it affects when I believe it's this person's fault and I'm blaming them and I'm pointing the finger. It's, it's because they hurt my feelings. It's because they did it to me. It's, it's them, it's their fault. And I'm pointing the finger. Right. And I have, so I know who it is, you know, I have to, it, it and pointing the finger is also, there's nothing wrong with you. That is a, that is human nature. It's, it is another survival tactic. And, and what happens is that we repeat these behaviors over and over and we get away with it. We get away with pointing the finger at somebody else and never really taking responsibility for what part I played in that situation. And I, I've learned that it's a signal. If I'm pointing the finger at somebody else, there's something I can find out about me. And this has been a turning point in my life to take responsibility for what I'm doing. I could be even doing something that's causing their behavior to come at me that way. But not, but most of us never get that far because we're so busy pointing the finger. We don't even realize there's three, there, you know, there's fingers being pointed there's more fingers pointed at me. Yeah, so we're, we're all contributing to each other's. And so relationships are, are there, I think, to hold a mirror up 
So we have interactions with others so that we can see ourselves better. I was thinking about this the other day, about how people can go crazy if they're marooned on an island and there's nobody to talk to for a long time. They go mad. They literally go mad uh, because they're so self-obsessed in their own world and there's nothing to give them a reflection back of who am I really? Um, and and this is a real um serious illness so we we really need each other to be healthy we need our relationships to um, find ourselves and where we should be on our balance point so like you I discovered a lot about taking responsibility and that was the key to my own happiness and my because I realized I can't change other people I can't make anyone else do anything I have no right to influence them this way or that way or tell them what to do I can encourage and I can you know give advice but if they don't take it it's not my thing it's their problem not mine and I learned to cope that way by disconnecting well if if they don't listen well that's not my my problem um, but I've done my thing and I've said my bit and if something happens and it's distasteful and another hack another trick I found is to always look for what's in it for me I think I have a philosophy that there's a reason for everything to happen. There's always a reason. And if I look for how it may have benefited me, no matter how distasteful it was at the time that I learned something, that in some way it made me better, that uh, in the future I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to do that. So I always turn it around and find, and then I say thank you for the experience and then I move forward. And then those negatives don't happen anymore. I kind of shave them away, if you like. But if you don't recognize and take responsibility, then you find repeating patterns of behavior in life that that keep, um, the, you know, it's like a merry-go-round. And the same thing happens with this person, that person, that person. So if you find these patterns recurring, then then it's really about, as you said, you taking responsibility and looking at everything differently, right? Absolutely. So you, the way to take responsibility is ask yourself these questions. Where am I being selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate? And what I found is that there's these character defaults is what I like to call it because it's a default. Like we were talking earlier you know, we, we have found ways, especially if you do things over and over and over, you, you find a pattern or a habit, a way of dealing with these uncomfortable situations. So we either avoid them, we hide for them, we gossip about them, we, you know, so when I can ask myself, where am I being dishonest? And what I mean by this question is, Am I playing the martyr? Am I playing the victim? Am I being judgmental? Am I making, so what I mean is when I judge somebody else, I'm coming, I have, I'm forming an opinion about someone or something, usually in a harsh, critical manner. And I'm not even, I can't 100% know if it is the absolute truth. I like asking myself, is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true and the answer especially if it's negative it's no you know it I believe that God is the judge we're not we're not able to go there right and so and even if you do believe don't believe in God it's not helpful 
to judge other people because I'm making an assumption based on my own projection and opinion. And so I really believe that's being dishonest. When I'm the victim, I use the victim mentality to unfairly or inappropriately shift blame or responsibility on someone else. And it's very weak. It weakens us. I think we have greater, much greater strength when we own our power and taking responsibility is being the most powerful thing that you can possibly do. And it's not about forcing your ideas on others or forcing someone else to do things or making or controlling because control mechanism is a huge issue for people today. And that's what causes most of the friction I think in relationships is one trying to control the other and because and that comes from their own feeling of insecurity because they're not taking control of themselves and that's the primary thing we need to look inward first and then the problems can be solved and they're not being honest with themselves so sometimes it's as simple as the way I'm being dishonest is I'm believing the lies my head tells me or the lies that somebody else has told me that have been passed down through generations. I think for myself, and I, I use this, I still play the martyr and the victim and judge. And when I can see it on paper, then I can actually, oh, there, there it is. That's, that's my part. In bringing this. it into the, the prefrontal lobe, the rational mind of the brain. So exactly. you can analyze yourself. And then you can choose something different. Then we can get to the place where you were talking about of, you know, if all things work together for my good, how can I, if I didn't have that thought that I'm the victim here and that this person on purposely did this and I'm going to take it personal. If I didn't have that thought, how could I feel? How could I be? How could I view the, the world? And that's the turnaround. That's Big That's shift. where I get to go to, but I first have to see what, what the issue is. Where am I playing the martyr? Where am I believing the, the lie? When I think of the definition of being a martyr, it's, I use suffering, you know, I use suffering as a means of manipulating or controlling others. Mm. That's being dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we don't, we it, it's hard to to look at ourselves because it's easier to just be like, point our finger. Like, don't you know what I've done for you? Yeah. And there's so much more, there's so much more freedom when I can see my part than blame somebody else. Like you said, I cannot fix, change, manipulate, or control people, places, and things. Even things and, and places like, just life is going to show up. There's going to be circumstances that happen in your life that you are not going to like. And it's, and it's in those moments that we can put on paper, where am, where is my default? Where is my pattern? And if you want to change it, once you see it, then you can, you, there really are choices. It's, so it's a question of not pushing it away all the time. It's recognizing and accepting it and seeing it. And then you can fix and resolve it and move on to a happier disposition. So on that note, I'd just like you to let people know where they can find you if they want to learn more. Absolutely. So happyjoyousandfree.org. 
is my website. Um, I have some free EFT scripts on there. I also have a free gift for you. Anyone who listens to this and, and wants to know how to accomplish goals, I have a whole audio uh, gift for you. I also wrote a book, Happy, Joyous, and Free. You can buy it on Amazon. And it also goes into detail about tools, about how to uncover um, and really love your life no matter what, no matter how, whatever you have to go through, divorce, financial problems, health problems, it's it really is the way we prime our brain and train our brain to look at life. That's how we can love our life no matter what. Happy, joyous, and free. I really like that. Thank you so much, Melanie, for all your words of wisdom. I'm sure people will get a lot out of it. Cheers. I hope you like this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos, and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge, and recover.